Tonight we're going to continue on with our sermon series announcing the Advent. And just as we did last week, I'm going to invite you to follow along on the handout that was given to you. It's part of the bulletin. It's kind of an extended sermon Bible study format, a sermonic Bible study. I invite you to get out the Bibles in your pew if you so desire and follow along. My translation may be a little different than yours, but I invite you to follow along and fill in the blanks as you're so inclined or you can just simply listen to me uh, expound upon the text. We begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Luke's Gospel often shows the relationship between general history, the general history of the world and the events of the world, in conjunction with the life of Jesus Christ. And in so doing, Luke helps us to see that not only did our Lord come in at a, into the world at a definite time and in a definite place, but also that his redeeming work was not just for a certain group of people, but that it was for the people of this world. Yes, Jesus is the Savior of all. And as we look at the life of Jesus Christ, we see that that he is a lover of all people. That he even is for the down and the outs, the outcasts. And so tonight we want to focus our attention on announcing the Advent to people who were considered outcasts in Jesus' day. Shepherds. It's quite shocking in many ways when you stop and think about it that of all the people that God could have announced the birth of Jesus to, he chooses shepherds. Well, let's listen to the announcement again of the advent of our Lord. I just read to you a portion of it from Luke chapter 2, and, but I'm going to read it to you again just so we can focus our attention on these words tonight. Luke 2, 1 through 16. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. These, these words are masterfully written. I mean, these verses give us a simple account of one of the most glorious events that has ever happened on, on the face of this planet, of this earth. It's the fulfillment of the prophecy or the promise that we heard the angel make to Mary last week, where the angel Gabriel said to Mary that she would give birth to a son, even though she was a virgin. And Luke lays this birth of the Christ child out to us in a very simple and beautiful way in 16 verses. The angels appear to people throughout the scriptures. In Luke 1, we see that the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah. We see, and we heard last week, how the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. And on both of those occasions, they were frightened. And now we hear in this reading as well that when the angel appears to the shepherds who are watching their flocks by night, that they too are frightened. In fact, the word is terrified. Why are they frightened? Why are they frightened? Why are they terrified? Well, it seems that the reason why they were terrified is that because they were now in the presence of the glory of God. In in, in fact, it says in verse 9, the glory of God shone round about them. In the Septuagint, that's the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, those words, the glory of God, refer to the manifestation of God's presence in the temple and over the tabernacle, the Shekinah it's called. And now what we have here is a messenger from heaven, possibly Gabriel, he's not identified here, but he's identified and now he, or he, he appears to the shepherds and he has just come from the presence of God with this message. A message that is to be delivered to the shepherds. And it's like the angel is manifesting the glory of God. It's like when Moses came down from Mount Sinai after having been with the Lord and his face was aglow. And the people were so frightened that they asked Moses to put a covering over his head, over his face. And now in this text we have an angel appearing from heaven, coming from the presence of the glory of God, manifesting the glory of God in some ways, and it's terrifying. It's terrifying to the shepherds. But what's really quite interesting is as the shepherds spend more time in this glory of God on this evening, and as they spend time even looking upon the glory of God in the manger, Jesus Christ, they're moved to give glory to God. The angel realizes they're terrified. And he says for the third time, the third time in that, the first time he appeared to Zachariah, he said, fear not. When he appeared to Mary, he said, fear not. And now he says to these shepherds, fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
The angel is sent from God to proclaim a good news message, a good news message that will result in great joy. And it's a, joy, it's a joyous message that is intended for all people, not just Jewish people, but Jewish people and Gentile people, for all the people of this world. And it's announced to shepherds, this good news. What kind of people were the shepherds? Well, as I mentioned before at the beginning, the shepherds were considered the outcasts of society. They had a very lowly place in the society. They were seen as untrustworthy. They were, un- they were ceremonially unclean. They were humble, they were poor, and they had no influence. And it's maybe for all of those reasons why God chose them to hear this good news. You know, one does think it's strange, doesn't, doesn't one? I mean, we think it's strange when we think about the angel delivering the news of God's son, Jesus, first to shepherds. Until one begins to realize that the shepherds actually symbolize, in some ways, the Lord himself. I mean, doesn't the Lord refer to himself as a shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In Isaiah 40, verse 11, it says, He tends his flock, speaking of God, he tends his flock like a shepherd. And he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Jesus famously said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In Hebrews 13, verse 20, we're told that Jesus Christ is the great shepherd of the sheep. Peter says of Jesus, he's the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And then Jesus, our good shepherd, places over us under shepherds who are to feed us the word of God, who are to feed and nourish the lambs that are entrusted to their care. And so on second thought, maybe it is quite logical, maybe it's quite obvious to us that if a message is going to be given to anybody, it's going to be shepherds. And so the shepherds hear this good news. And it is a message of great joy. And you know, even that's an understatement. But it's a message of great joy. Because it's a message that focuses their hearts and minds upon a person whom the people of the world have been awaiting for literally centuries upon centuries. This is the long-awaited promised Messiah, Messiah of the world. And so when you focus your attention on the Messiah of the world, when you focus on the Savior of the world, it can't help but fill your heart with joy. We see that even John the Baptist, while he was still in the womb, leaped for joy when Mary entered into the presence of Elizabeth. Mary sang for joy when she spoke or sang the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And the angel said, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy 
And then we're told that the shepherds, after they had seen the baby Jesus, returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. And later on in Luke chapter 2, we're told that the prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, who had been awaiting the coming of the Messiah, after she saw the Messiah, said she gave thanks to God too. You see, when you enter into the presence of the Messiah, and you see him for who he is, the savior of the world, you can't help but be filled with joy. Isaiah 61 verse 10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself out like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. See, as we look upon the Savior of the world, we realize that he came into this world to be our Savior so that we might be ultimately able one day to be clothed with a garment of salvation, so that we might be covered with a robe of righteousness. And as we live in his love and his forgiveness, as we recognize day by day that indeed in Christ we're saved, our hearts are filled with joy, overflowing joy. And so Christmas and Advent is a season of joy. This coming Sunday, we'll be lighting the pink candle on the Advent wreath. Why? Because it's known as the Sunday of joy. And we're going to hear the words, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And so even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have reason to rejoice and to give thanks because our focus is on the Christ child, on the Lord laying in the manger who ultimately dies for us so that we might be saved. So the angel announces to the shepherds this message of great joy. And then he says to them, there's a couple signs. He says, I want you to go and look in Bethlehem for this, for this baby. And here are the signs. First sign is the fulfillment of Micah chapter 5, verse 2 you'll find this little baby in the town of Bethlehem. Remember Micah 5, verse 2? But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you're small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. So they know to go to Bethlehem to find this Christ child. And he gives them the second sign. The second sign is that when you get there, you will find this baby wrapped in cloths, and lying in a manger. The little baby Jesus is wrapped in swaddling cloths. Later on, the growing up Jesus is wrapped in cloths as well when his lifeless body is put in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Luke makes this connection as he's writing this gospel. This little baby Jesus, who's wrapped in swaddling cloths in Bethlehem, is there for a purpose. And his purpose is ultimately carried out on a cross when he suffers and dies. And then when he's placed, wrapped in, a, in the shroud of death, and he's put into a tomb, having paid for the price of the sins of the world. But of course, we know that on Easter, he rose from the dead.
this is part of the good news, isn't it? It's the good news. and part of birth, life, death, resurrection. And so the angel says, fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. In the briefest of form, the angel announces the greatest news of all. Behold, he says, listen up, I've got great news for you. And this is for all people. And then listen to the titles. The Savior is born to you. The Savior. It's interesting, Luke is the only synoptic gospel writer. That means you don't find the word Savior in Matthew, Mark, or Matthew or Mark, only in Luke. But he refers to Jesus as Savior. And that means that he has come to rescue us from something, to rescue us from some danger, some disaster. And so he has come to save us from ourselves. He has come to save us from the curse of sin. He has come to save us from the devil. He has come to save us from death itself. And so fear not, for I've got good news for you, for the Savior of the world has come, and you'll find him where? In the city of David. Now that's not a title. But it's important that the angel announces that. Because being born in the city of David connects Jesus to all of those Old Testament prophecies where it was said that a son of David, a descendant of David, would be king forever. And so the angel's making these connections. He's saying the Savior of the world has been born in Bethlehem. He's born in Bethlehem because he is the son of David. But he's more than that. He is also the Christ. He is the long-awaited Messiah. The one who has been promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The one who had been promised to David and to Solomon. The one who had been spoken of by all like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel. The one that had been spoken of by Zephaniah and Malachi and all the other minor prophets. He is the long-awaited one. The anointed one. But not only is he the Messiah, but he's also the Lord. He is Emmanuel. God with us. The angel uses the personal name for, the, for God from the Old Testament. He's making the connection that this little baby born to Mary is God in the flesh. And hence the glory of God radiates from the manger where the Christ child lays. He is Savior, Son of David. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And this is the good news. This is the amazing news. This is the supernatural news that is, that is announced from the angel to the shepherds. And as a result of this Christ child, there is peace. Peace on earth. You see, the Christ child is not just the source of joy, but he's also the source of peace. The Savior, the Christ, the Lord, he comes to bring us peace, as it says in verse 14, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. 
The peace that the Savior comes to bring is a peace between us and our God. Because of our sin, we are not at peace with God. There's a restlessness in us. And even as believers in Christ, we continue to have this restlessness in us all of our life because of the sin that continues to to cling to us. Even after our spiritual rebirth of holy baptism, But Jesus comes into this world so that we might have peace with God, so that we might experience this peace, knowing that in Christ, all of our sins are forgiven. And that's what the angel is announcing here. As he says to the shepherds that there is peace on earth among whom God's favor rests. And friends, God's favor rests on you. His favor rests on you through his son, Jesus Christ, your savior. And you can be assured his favor rests on you as you look at that baptismal font and know that there he claimed you as his own child and you can call him your father. You can be rest assured that his favor rests upon you as you come and partake of the the Lord's Supper as you often do. And you hear Jesus say to you, this is my body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. You can know that the favor of God rests upon you when you hear words of absolution spoken to you, where you're assured that all of your sins are forgiven because of Christ, and that indeed you do have this garment of salvation in which you are draped. And it's this peace that we have with God then that can enable us to live at peace with one another. That makes us go out and be peacemakers in this world. Jesus Christ, he reigns. He reigns for the sake of the church. You probably see on your handout, I have you looking at Psalm 29, verses 10 and 11. It says there, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood, and the Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. We go through life, and we experience all kinds of trials and tribulations. And yet, this verse reminds us that even in the midst of those trials and tribulations, we can have peace because we know the Lord sits enthroned He sits enthroned as king forever. This little baby born in Bethlehem grew to be a man. He ultimately suffers. He dies and he rises from the dead and he ascends to heaven. And he promises us that he will rule and reign forever and ever. There's peace in that truth for you and for me. And that's why, he, the Lord, that's why it says in Psalm 29 that the Lord will bless his people with peace. We can look at all of the events that are circling all around us and we may feel as though there's no peace and we might even sometimes feel very disoriented by it all. But if we fix our eyes on Jesus, the king who reigns now and forever, he can give us that peace that the world cannot give. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. 
So trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Are you looking for some everlasting rock upon which to build your life and to cling? Isaiah says, keep your mind stayed on Christ. There are many other things that we could look at here in regards to peace. But for the sake of time, I'm going to move on to some other points here. (coughs) You know, people today look for peace in all kinds of wrong places. Just in preparation for this message, I googled, how do people look for peace? And, you know, well, I found all kinds of things. Visualize your happy place. I heard that one before. Set limits. Stop doing some of the least important things, the things that honestly don't matter that much. Take a vacation. Disconnect for the weekend. Binge watch TV. Unclutter your world and unclutter your mind. Exercise, sleep well, enjoy comfort food. Take on some relaxation techniques. Exercise, and the list goes on and on. Now, some of those things might bring us some peace, right? They might bring us some level of peace. There's no doubt about it. I do some of those things in order to have my peace of mind and heart and to clear my head from time to times. But the reality is, is that those things will not bring peace to our soul. Only Jesus Christ can bring peace to our soul. And that's why I ask you to think about somebody that you know who is maybe going through a time in their life that is not, where they're not at peace. Maybe even look at yourself and maybe you're not at peace right now with yourself and with, with what's going on in life. And maybe you're trying to grasp and cling to all these different answers from the world to do all of these other things to bring you that inner peace that only Christ can satisfy. And if that's where you find yourself tonight, then I really do encourage you to listen to the good news of the message of the angel tonight, the announcement of the advent of our Lord. And that is to focus your hearts and minds on Jesus Christ. For he is the one that brings you at peace with your heavenly Father. If you know somebody out there right now that is really struggling and not at peace, what can you do? What can you do? Well, I would encourage you to just tell them the story of Jesus. Just be a storyteller. Tell them, read them, whatever. Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 1. Just read to them the beautiful story of God's love in Christ, a love so great that he sent his son to be born into this world. Tell them that story and have the Holy Spirit work on their hearts and be with them day by day and encourage them with prayer, encourage them with the word. Walk with them. But always as you're walking with them, tell them the story of Jesus. As we look at the lessons for tonight, it's quite interesting, isn't it, that the first responders to the message of the birth of Jesus were really the angels. 
It was really the angels, wasn't it? They longed to see how it was that God was going to carry out his plan of salvation. They were looking forward to seeing how this would all unfold. And now on the night that Christ was born, it was finally revealed to them. And with great excitement, the angels descended from heaven above and they announced this wondrous news to the shepherds. I really do think that God chose the shepherds because they're just ordinary people, like so many of us. And it's just God's way of saying, you know what, you ordinary people, go out and share the good news. I'm giving you the greatest treasure of all, the greatest message of all to share with other people, and so just go and share it. And certainly that's what the shepherds do, right? But before they do that, before they go out and share the message with others, as before they go out and announce the advent of the Lord, what do they do? They go to see the Christ child themselves. And they kneel before the manger. And they worship Jesus. That makes me then ask you this question. What plans are you making this Christmas? to go to Bethlehem. And I ask that not just of you who are here, but those of you who are watching online. What plans do you have to go to Bethlehem this year and to really focus your heart and mind on Jesus? It is so easy for us to become distracted by all the other activities that are going on. But I hope and pray that all of you, and even by your attendance here tonight, you are, I hope and pray that all of you and all of you will fix your mind on Jesus and you'll come and make it a priority to worship him. That's the example that the shepherds give us. They go and they worship the Christ child. And then after they've seen the Christ child, we're told in Luke chapter 2, verses 17 through 20, that then they went and they told the word concerning everything that they had heard about that child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Yes, God announced the advent to the shepherds through the angels, and now the shepherds announce the advent, the birth of our Lord, to others. They worship, and then they witness. They worship, and then they witness. That's the example they give to us. We worship, and then we witness. Who are you witnessing to this this Christmas season? Who are you telling the story of Jesus to? Who needs to hear the announcement of the advent of the Lord? Who needs the joy that he can bring into their lives? Who do you know needs his peace? encourage you to be like the shepherds go and tell them go and tell them what you have seen and heard about this baby this Christ child God in the flesh Savior of the world our Messiah go and tell them this great and glorious news next week we'll continue on and we'll be talking about announcing the advent of the Lord to the world because the world desperately needs to hear this message.
Shall we continue with the offering?